Today's episode of One Shining Podcast is brought to you by The Ringer's YouTube channel. We, meaning TheRinger.com, has stepped up our game in 2017 with weekly videos like Cousin Sal's Best Bed, Slow News Day with Kevin Clark, NBA Desktop with Jason Concepcion, No Bull with Mike Lombardi, uh, Table Reads with a slew of NBA players, Director's Commentary, and Captain Morgan's Make Believe Casino, as well as our video podcast, uh, just like One Shining Podcast, even though you only see clips of that because we can't pull out the full thing. It's just too much for the viewers. And many movies like Take Hunter, Ringer 360, and Claytheism. Uh, coming in 2018, a weekly video mailbag from Bill Simmons. Mallory out of a hat, not really sure what that is, Mark Titus, and a slew of other new digital shows. You don't want to miss anything. Just go to theringer.com slash videos, or even better, go and subscribe to the channel at youtube.com slash theringer. Uh, any video ideas you're putting out there for the world? Uh, no. I think... <laughs> <laughs> he takes the time out. It is 4.47, Monday, December 18th, here in Los Angeles, California. The last podcast I will be doing from Los Angeles um, for, for a little while. I'm excited to go back home. Christmas week is almost here, Tate. Um, I know you're excited. My name is Mark Titus. Sitting across from me is Tate Frazier. Uh, producer Kyle over there d- doing producer Kyle things. Um, Classic I, Kyle things. I want to say this to start off the show, Tate. Uh, I was at Tate's house watching Carolina game on Sunday. And as as we were watching the game, I was chewing on some gum, and I bit my lip as I was chewing. Um, and then I wasn't really sure where your trash can was, so instead of spitting my gum out, I kept chewing, and I bit my lip again, and it just kept happening over and over. And I say that to say I'm kind of playing with a sprained ankle. I mean, like having like a little fat lip as you're podcasting is the equivalent, I think, of like playing with a bum ankle. So, but this is the, like was, you're you're putting the blame on me. This is like a classic coach thing. Where you're you're like throwing me under the bus. Like it's not his fault, even though that he was there and he you know didn't tell me where the trash can was. It's a classic move. Uh, you bite your lip. You're, you you think a smart man says, "I just bit my lip. Time to throw out the gum and and quit while I'm sort of ahead." But I got a little. I had a little too much hubris. I was like, "No, nah, I bit my lip. I'll be fine." And then it just keeps you know. You bite it again, then it gets bigger, then you bite it again. I'm struggling, dude. It's been rough. This is like <laughs> I thought this was like a euphemism for you to say that you were biting your lip because you were so sad mm. you had to watch this Carolina game with me, no. but no. That's it. I'm I'm letting the people know that I'm playing through pain today. I'm a warrior. I'm a champion. Um biting my lip as I'm chewing gum is not gonna keep me out of the Very game. Very old big east of you to do. So we're back. We took Friday off. Uh yeah, so we we uh, are back though. We went on Saturday. We want to start the show off with this. Tate and I that our first um our first joint press credentialed game together. Is that true? I think it's true, right? It's definitely true. Yeah. Well, we've gone to NBA games, so we haven't been to a yeah, college we to game. Because we were we were once upon a time last year we were our teed up days. We had we were you know, Oh, I love that the, show. The, I remember that show. The, the braggadocio that we had at the time was, you know, we're gonna go to NBA games because we can. And now yeah. we've been humbled. We're back to one shining podcast. And we went to the Mecca. We went to the home of John Wooden, the original bag man. And you know, one of the greatest of all time. Really, I would say the greatest of the twentieth century. We want to start the show off with this because I, I know there's a ton that, that happened in the last week. We have to cover basically everything that happened because we didn't do a show Friday, but uh we wanted to start with this because we had a lot of thoughts on UCLA and just basically what they got going on at Pauley Pavilion. This was our first, again, our first assignment as journalists. We were tasked with going Capital there. J. We were going to UCLA. We were going to get the the 
the lay of the land, figure out what the hell's going on over there. Um, and that's what we did. And I got to say, I'm going to start. Unbelievable facility. I was mm-hmm. told not to expect much about Pauley Pavilion. I was told the fans are terrible. I was told the atmosphere sucks. I was told it's basically just like a... The only reason it's relevant is because... They won 11 titles. They, yeah, they once won 11 titles. Once upon a long. time. John Wooden taught his players how to put on his socks there. Sam Gilbert was dropping bags around the corner. Like, this, these were the reasons you're supposed to Lou care. Lou Alcindor became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I got to say, honestly, that's a pretty kick-ass arena. And maybe, maybe like, the people that were shitting on it saw it before the renovations because it was pretty clearly had been renovated. Um, I really like the arena. The fans? Eh. 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 UCLA fans probably deserve the, the reputation they have. Although, to be fair... The students were not there. Mm-hmm. It was uh, it was student break. Just the band. But um, yeah, I mean the, the the fans were. I don't know. It was it was they had they had better things to do. But the facility itself, unbelievable. The campus was unbelievable. We had a fantastic time. Um, Cincinnati blew UCLA out. What are your thoughts, Tate? We kicked it off right. We went in. We drove into Brentwood, a beautiful area, uh, <laughs> just a, a great place. If you have never been to Brentwood or Westwood, you should go check it out. It's very nice. No wonder LeBron James wants to live in that area. Ooh. We go to Chick Fil A. Ooh. Yeah. LeBron. That, ooh. That's an aside. Are you? Be, are, are, are we the first? Are we breaking this? <laughs> I think we just. We should broke tell. That. We should tell yeah, other right. people at the Ringer that LeBron to LA might be a thing. <laughs> could be. They would love that. Maybe I bet, they could get two more max players. I bet. I bet if if we told the people at the Ringer, they might write an article and talk about it on podcasts and stuff. If they said LeBron might go. To but go ahead. Possibly. We get Chick-fil-A together. It was great. We had this great experience. We go get Chick-fil-A, and you're, you're thinking to yourself, most of these games, what's what's the number one problem? Parking. No. You go to UCLA, you take a left, you pull in, you pay for your spot, you go in, you put your card in. Tate was one bucks, over easy. Tate was one over immediately because any campus, he actually said these words, any campus that has Chick-fil-A there, I'm, I'm in. I'm already in on this school. Um, and then, yeah, parking. Those are the two things that like are big to you. I'm a bathroom guy. I made that clear about when I was talking about Mackey Arena. Uh-huh. Um, I like the bathrooms. You like Chick-fil-A's on campus, and you like easy parking. They have both. They have we, both We love UCLA's campus. And then as we walk into the arena, you walk by this beautiful practice facility with the UCLA football team. We're, we're talking to ourselves like, who plays football out in California? What's the point? I mean, but this field looks so immaculate. Then we realized that Chip Kelly just got hired. We're like, my God, Chip Kelly's going to drop a lot of bags for this football program. They're going to be relevant. They're going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. We walk up to the media line. We see Kenyon Martin, great Cincinnati mm-hmm. fan, a guy that still loves this program. He's there. We see Colin Coward, another media journalist, Capital, uh, Capital J member. And they're also talking about, you know, the UCLA football program. So we feel like we're in the mix. We go we're in. in there. Yeah we're, yeah, we're we're rubbing elbows with some with some, some high big rollers, hitters, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and people are coming up to us to say, are you one shining pod guys? We're like, no, we're not those guys. We, we kind of look like him. Just kidding. No one did that. But uh, it was good. We got in there. We watched this game. Cincinnati fans, we should say as much as we're talking bad about the UCLA fans, the Cincinnati fans, that, see, they're doing their chance. Here's, here's they're the problem. locked in together. It was great. Here's the problem. Uh, Cincinnati does this thing where they Cincinnati calls themselves UC and they do the thing where they're like oh oh they like do this like Dante Culpepper get your roll on <laughs> thing and then they and they go UC but UCLA's fans <laughs> also do like the UC LA so you hear the UC and you're like oh damn the crowd is loud mm-hmm. they're into it mm-hmm. but then the LA never comes and then you think oh these are the Cincinnati fans and that was part of the problem is maybe if if they're playing Long Beach State or something and there's like no other opposing fans in there, I don't care as much. But when you're in your home arena and you're playing a team from 3,000 miles away and they're like making, their fan base is making more noise than your fan base, 
That's a problem, Tate. And you didn't go back at them, too, because when they're doing the UC yeah. thing, eventually it should annoy you enough where you're like, you just add the LA on the end, so you're basically co-opting their chant. Right. But no one right. even did that. No one did anything. It was, I don't know. I mean, they, they, it, it is what it is. I mean, there's just too much to do out here. I told you this. I told you this when I got out here, that I just don't get the feeling people care about sports out here. This is not a sports place. This is a... It's for show. It's not for sport. It's a. It's a. As as I as I've had this conversation with like a thousand people since I've quote unquote moved out here in the last two months is uh, this is a town where you can surf and you can snow ski in the same day. And then I people tell me that, and then I'm like, oh yeah, really? How many times have you done either one of those? And they're like, oh well. The thing about that the is, the thing is, I could. <laughs> I could though. <laughs> you couldn't do that in Ohio. And I was like, yeah, because I wouldn't want to. Just like you don't want to. So who gives a shit? Uh. But yeah, UCLA fan. I don't know. We, we love that. We love it though. We we love the 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 arena. Is what I'm saying. Like they had Chick Fil A in the arena. They had Tate. Tate turns to me. He's like, I'm ready to commit. Yeah. If this I'm Jalen Hands, if I'm Chris Wilkes, I mean, yeah. if I go to UCLA and I visit, so, guess what? I'm going there. So the game itself, Cincinnati. Um, Tate's not really a believer in Cincinnati, and I'm gonna say <laughs> I'm not. Here, here's my problem with the I'm Cincinnati. Sorry, First Cronin, of all, please do not come after Cincinnati, me. Cincinnati like kind of dominated the game. They forced a ton of turnovers. Uh, they Eighteen. Looked, they looked very good, yeah. in a sense. The problem with that I have with Cincinnati is that this Cincinnati team was supposed to be different. They were supposed to be the chosen one. They were supposed to be the offensive-minded Cincinnati team versus the the rock fight Cincinnati team of the past, which is like basically you just get a bunch of athletes, you get a bunch of strong men. They push everyone around. Mm -hmm. They foul the shit out of everybody. The refs don't call them all. And then you win games just like you win every single game ugly. That was the Cincinnati that I've known and loved for years. This, But but there's an obvious ceiling to that, to playing that kind of way. This year's Cincinnati team was supposed to be like more of an the actual basketball team. The ceiling is usually like 75 points. Right. This Cincinnati team was supposed to be more of an actual basketball team, and they were supposed to have skills and shooters and and drive and kick. And they, they are better, but I got to say, like, by the way, there's the st statistically, you look up the stats. I think they shot like forty-seven percent. They did, they didn't have a ton of turn. Like the stats say, good job. But some of those dudes, you watch them shoot jump shots, and it's like, oh my god, who who taught? Like I would rather watch Chris Wilkes miss jump shots than some of those guys on Cincinnati and make the, jump shots. The best thing about it, we're at this game live. We're getting tweets. Some guy tweeted us like, does Cincinnati look as good in person as they do on TV? And I'm thinking to myself, I wish I was watching no. them on TV because they obviously they do not look good in person. They don't look good, but that's so the the the, the caveat to that is that's Cincinnati basketball. Is uh -huh. you don't look good, you just like. What how, the reason they blew UCLA out is because they did go back to like the we're men playing boys we're gonna punk the shit out of you and they forced a ton of turnovers UCLA's kind of young they weren't ready for it Thomas Welsh was not good at all Thomas Welsh oh. we learned this in the game he can only take a 15 foot shot so oh. if he's 13 feet it's gonna be long if Airball he's 17 it. feet he's gonna hit the front of the rim it's only 15 feet and when he gets pushed off his mark yeah. it's not good but Cincinnati was good like this was in all seriousness this was a I, I kind of expected a close game they played really well Kyle Washington uh, he had a good game 19 points Gary Clark was doing Gary Clark things Kyle Washington double uh, double do you remember Milton Jennings that played at Clemson mm-hmm he literally plays and looks exactly like Milton Jennings, and so much so that I questioned whether Milton Jennings was actually named Milton Jennings, and he had transferred from Clemson Ooh. to Cincinnati, and I had to look this whole thing up. So anyone that knows anything so about Milton Jennings, what did you find out? Did he or no? No, he did not. Oh, did this is a totally oh, okay. different person, yeah. but yeah. if you want to watch Milton Jennings highlights me. and then look at Kyle Washington, they are the same person. You had me on pins and needles. I was, <laughs> I was wondering. I was wondering like, what I'm the just player comps that make no sense out there to the world. Uh, yeah, so UCLA, I caught a t-shirt, by the way. Uh, oh, yeah, that was a big I call, thing. We should, we should give a shout-out. UCLA, the greatest t-shirt toss in the history of the game. It was a great t-shirt. They threw me an Under Armour. It just 
just said to UCLA, it said UCLA in the script letters or whatever. It had no sponsor on it. I was expecting, I thought I was going to catch it. It would be like a cotton, like double X cotton shirt that said Geico can save you 15%. Or or then, Kaiser Permanente. Kaiser Permanente is a proud sponsor of UCLA. It didn't say that. It just said UCLA. It was a nice little And you couldn't even material. find it in the gift shop. Couldn't find so it. it's like an actual prize to like catch a, this T-shirt. It was like a $40 shirt they just threw out. And it was in my size, and Tate was very jealous. But uh, well, it was easy thing, to catch because like none of the other – all the fans were looking at their phones. Or <laughs> we're, ta- we're talking about teamwork. And so they throw one out there. Titus jumps up, makes his left-handed grab in front of me. I'm, I'm shocked. I'm like, what a play. What an athletic play. And then I'm like flustered by the whole situation. I'm like, that should have been my shirt. Why wasn't? I, why did I have my head in my phone? And then they throw another one right where we are. Titus sits down. He's looking at his shirt. He's putting it up to his face. He's like rubbing his face in it about how dry fit it feels. And then they throw another one. He could have easily just gone over to one to his right, <laughs> catch another one, give it to his teammate. We both have shirts and be bragging about it. But instead, it was bad. <laughs> he, he just lets it go to the guy behind. And not only that, the shirt fell underneath the seat next to him. The guy behind us is like, can you pick that up and give it to me? He should have just picked it up and be like, here you go, Tate. It did. I he did, just gives yeah. it back to the other guy who did not earn the T-shirt. The second shirt, I had a better shot at catching than the first one. The it, first one took like a tough catch. The second one came right at me. I just let it go, and that was yours. It hurt my feelings. That was pretty bad. I, I just didn't want to be the guy that was catching two shirts. I mean, you know, that's well, just give it to me. That's, uh, you know, then then people are asking for my autographs. They're like you're the guy that caught the two shirts. Like you're obviously you got the you got the guy the foul ball guy, the Zach Hample, um, who's at the MLB games is catching foul balls. Like I don't know if I want to be hit. You know, you get the it's it's a whole thing, man. I just want to catch my one. Let's shirt. be honest. It was Star Wars Day. Way. They're not going to put you on the Jumbotron because I got Darth Vader up there. It would have been fine. So, yeah, UCLA cheerleaders dropping the bag, just dropping it right to me. They obviously, they're fans of the pod. They're they trying to throw you. them both. They, they spotted us. They, they threw two to us. They could see your Cubs hat. And, uh, like, speaking, holy hell, that's yeah, Mark Titus. Speaking of uh, dropping the bag, let's let's transition to uh, good guy, bad guy of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody loves it. We don't need to we don't need to explain the, the concept, but we do need to build it up a little bit. Just say this is America's favorite podcast pastime yep good guy bad guy do you want to start or should i start i'll start okay go ahead first up good guy of the week for me is mr patrick ewing folks what shockingly so we know that pat ewing has had this amazing run he has been undefeated this entire time he He, hold on i'm gonna stop you right here (laughs) patrick you they lost in overtime tate yes so if this was like soccer or hockey or whatever he, you would say he's still undefeated. Technically, he, in regulation, still, he is still. He's undefeated. never lost a game in regulation. Yes. How many coaches in in all of college basketball can say that? Not too many, but one of them, Mr. Pat Ewing, had something to hold on to. And you know what it is? The old, the old Big, Big East. East. When Syracuse left the Big East in 2012, 2013, mm. they had something on their shoulder because they basically were part of the brass, and they left the brass to go for greener pastures. And, and and they had to hold this chip over their shoulder. They had lost to Georgetown three straight times. The only thing that the old Big East had was, Syracuse isn't going to beat our guys anymore. Mm. They're going to have to feel bad when they mm-hmm. play us. They're going to have this little bit of guilt when they go in and play us. And Pat Ewing, all he had to do was keep that rolling and keep that going. He's up 53-40, to 40, nine minutes left in the game. Things are going well. Jesse Govan's doing well. Georgetown looks like a little, real legitimate team. Syracuse is struggling. And guess what happens? They let him come back. Yep. They go to overtime. Tyus Battle hits some big threes in overtime. And Pat Ewing becomes my good guy of the week. Come on. Do it for the so, old Big East, Pat. Uh, again, he's undefeated, technically. I'm calling him undefeated. Mind. Yeah, so a uh, little I'm premature saying, on the good guy. I'm saying he let it all down. He said he let everyone in the Big East down. Is this your move like you did with Mike White where you're, you get it feels very premature, but then... 
come to find out it wasn't premature at all? Is that what you're doing I can, here? This is the first domino yeah, in the full this good guy the, train. Yeah. You're saying the team that's played the worst schedule in the history of college basketball is actually not as good as their undefeated record suggested? And, and let's be honest, some people have also hinted at that. Uh, so Jim Beheim in the post-game press conference gets asked about the old Big East, mm-hmm. naturally. Hard not to. Um, and he said something like, no, like he did the thing that we were talking about Bob Huggins did where he like everyone's like, Hey coach, kinda felt got kinda got those old Big East vibes, didn't it? And they were like, Bullshit it did. This is not the old this is not the old Big East. Not even close. And he said, It sort of felt like it, but a lot less blood out there. <laughs> <laughs> that was the that was the Bay I'm quoting, something like that. Yeah, they said there, there was no blood there was spattered no blood. on the floor. Yeah. Because as we know, in the old Big East, as Jim Calhoun has said many times, they had a great thing going in the old Big East, and then they accidentally went and got civilized and just ruined it. They had to ruin everything. Because, Do they not oh think my that God. we don't have video of the old Big East? <laughs> like, we can't go back and fact check these guys? I don't understand. We can watch. They hated each other. Today. You're too young to know this. You're you're a millennial. As as a 30-year-old, um, let me explain to you. <laughs> I, I've, I've never heard anything like it. These guys. There's there's video evidence. It hurts my heart that you're turning on Patrick Ewing. That, that makes me feel like— Let's be honest. I, I have said—I started last year. I said Pat Ewing had one calendar year that he would be at Georgetown, and then I pulled back because Hold of on. this great start. So you're saying all the Patrick Ewing love you've had this year? Are you saying that was shtick and you didn't actually you're like being sarcastic with your love? Well, I was I was genuine. I'm basically the Michael Jordan to Patrick Ewing in this situation oh, where okay. like I'm your friend but I'm not really your friend. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I'm. It's funny to me when things go awry for you. You're you're mocking but I still him have to your face. back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The friend you have that you mock to his face. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. He doesn't even realize it. He's still yes. oblivious. That's your butters. That's what he's producer, butters. He's producer me. Kyle. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, we do with producer yeah. Kyle. Classic Kyle. Classic Kyle. Uh, so my good guy. Uh, we had some candidates. I decided I had to go with Mike Bray. Mm. Um, he's lost, and and he's a great good guy, by the way. Because yes, because we a, should say he actually is a good guy. He's a good guy, and everybody loves him. He he's looks a, like a bad guy, he's a, but he's a good guy. Media darling, wearing the t-shirts in Maui, mm-hmm. wearing the shorts. Mm-hmm. Wearing, like he's Mike Bray doing Mike Bray things. The guy um, to give Matt Farrell a walk on a chance to be a star in his program. That's a good guy move. Uh. Always, always puts an exciting product out there. Always loves offense. Media people love that. They love when you have a good offensive team. Um, not that, not that there's an example of that out there in the country right now. I wouldn't necessarily say tape, but uh, it does feel like every year there's a team that plays great offense and and people get really excited about. And Mike Bray consistently puts out great offenses, so media loves him. But he has lost three of five. Just lost to Indiana. Now Tate and I were at UCLA again. I didn't get a chance to see the Indiana game. I saw the end of it. I saw how it all went down at the end. I saw Jawan Morgan had 34 and 11, I want to say. I think if you just stared at Steve Alford on the bench, you could actually yeah, watch the Indiana <laughs> game as it, as it was happening, but I'm not sure. I almost, yeah, tell you know, we went to the UCLA press conference and I, I was really, I, I wouldn't say close because that's that's not true, but I, I thought about a world where I asked Steve Alford about Indiana. Like that was, I was, as <laughs> we I was staring have. at him. We were right there. I was staring at him. I just want to raise my hand and be like, coach, you hear about the Hoosiers pulling off the win against Notre Dame? What, what are your thoughts? Also, you had Chris Wilkes up there who you're yeah. in love with, another Indianapolis guy. And I could tell that you were just itching Indiana, to ask him about Indiana basketball. I'm glad you didn't. Indiana though. And Mr. Basketball. Steve Alford's entire extended family was at the press conference. I've never seen anything like it. They're all sitting where the press people yeah. usually are. They were in the back row with us. It was like Steve Alford's wife, his dad. Hold on. Alford, Alford was like actually really excited after this game. Not excited, but he kind of, he came he had like good vibes going. Like he we was, thought he was basically like, "I love our young team, and I think we're going to get better." Because guess what? They are going to get better. Hands is good. Wilkes is good. Yeah. Uh, Welsh will leave, and that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Come on now. Welsh, and, and things will get better. Welsh is a sweetheart. He was fun on those. He was he's fun. the ultimate good well, guy. The, yeah, he's a good guy. He's the <laughs> ultimate good guy. Because like on the team last year, Welsh was like a great, he was like the sixth best player, and he just sits in the corner and hits those 15-foot baseline. You're like, I love this dude. And then mm-hmm. now they're kind of asking him to do stuff, and it's like, eh, eh. We're, t- we're talking a lot about UCLA, but that was a fun. It was a fun press conference. I don't know. That was a fun time. It was great. So uh, back to the the original point about Indiana. Um, <laughs> or I was talking about Mike Bray. Mike Bray has now lost three of five. He's zero and two against teams in Indiana. Yes, because one of those three uh, losing three of five losses was Ball State at home. I think mm-hmm. we mentioned this on a previous pod. Yes, I think it was last Monday. But he lost to Indiana. Uh, he's he's now zero and two against the Big Ten. The Big Ten is terrible as well. Although one of those was Michigan State. That's like the one good team. But um, I saw. I so we didn't watch the game. But what I did see was the Kim Palm. I don't know if you saw this. The the Kim Palm the uh, probability. win probability chart. Yeah, yeah. And basically Notre Dame's like hovering between like eighty percent and a hundred percent the entire game, mm. which is to say that at, at like basically any point in this game you could have paused the game and said. Notre Dame has a 95% chance of winning this all the way up until like the very, very end. And then IU comes comes back, ties it, sends it to overtime. And then Colson almost hits the uh, the half quarter. And so, so we heard this, like someone, I think either my dad, someone texted me and was like, hey, Bonzi Colson almost made a shot to win this game. And mm-hmm. in my head, I'm thinking it's a Gordon Hayward almost wins a shot, but it's like it had real no chance. It hits the backboard super hard. Hold on, Gordon Hayward had a chance now. It hit the Calm backboard down. pretty hard. It, it didn't. But Bonzi Colson's. I'm was, surprised. Let me stop you there. I'm surprised you're not on the like the Gordon Hayward shot should have gone in, and Duke's title should not have counted. Train. Oh well, it should have gone in. But I gotta, make, hey, hey, make the shot. Like I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to cape for you. Make the shot. If he had made the shot, I'd have a lot of different things. First of all, I'd like Brad Stevens a whole lot more. But you should, I'd like Gordon Hayward a whole lot more. But guess what? But you're they acting didn't like the through. shot didn't go in. I'm telling. I'm I'm trying to give you a tip here, Tate. What you do is you say Duke was like four inches away from not that title not happening. So like you discredit that title. That's how you do it. Is you're like the 2000, the 2010. Like I could do with you, where I say the uh, 57 Carolina title doesn't count because Jim Brown couldn't play because of because of racism at Syracuse. They would have beat Carolina. The uh, what the and they screwed Wilt Chamberlain in the, the title game. The uh, Georgetown title doesn't count in, in 82 because of the, the guy threw it to the wrong guy. The Chris Webber title doesn't count because he, he traveled. Out. You see what I'm doing here? No, every single, one of, the, every single one of them has an answer. The 05 title doesn't count because you screwed uh, uh, James Augustine. Sean May was getting all the foul calls. And then the 2016 title doesn't He's count because you screwed Zach Collins. See what I did there? Try that with, uh, try that with the Hayward shot. Uh, Back to it hit thought. the backboard. And Bonzi <laughs> Colson throws this beautiful shot up. <laughs> Is a perfect arcing shot. It goes all the way in and out, circles all the way around the cylinder, and pops out. So I was just saying, Bonzi Colson, when I hear when I hear things like that, like a half court shot almost went in, you never think it would look as pretty as it did. Yeah, and, it and did. I think it should have gone in. That would have been sorry, awesome. Bonzi. Uh, the Crossroads Classic. Do you care as a guy who's not from Indiana? No. You don't care about the event. No. What? I Are love you, the is idea. This an of the, to me? No, no, no. I love the is idea it, of it, but I, I just feel like they haven't covered it the right way. You're you know? not wrong about that. Yeah, I feel like they should be. I mean, let's think about those four teams. Those are four programs that, I mean, in my opinion, are yeah. huge programs in, in college basketball and just in basketball in general. But the fact that they don't talk about those games and they're not in a month that really matters, I don't know. It's it's very. I wish it was in February in the middle of conference play and they just had to play each yeah, other. Yeah, and, and then I would watch nowhere. it and it would be awesome. Or you had, I don't. The, the problem is Purdue and IU being in the same conference because the the best way to do it is to make it a tournament, like mm-hmm. a two day thing. Um, but Purdue and IU can't play because they're in the same conference. You're kind of not wrong. Like the coverage is weird, and they have a weird logo. Like you watch the game and you see you the logo really, on the field. You don't really understand the what the just, whole point is, but then if yeah. you start thinking about it, you're like, 
oh yeah, Butler's Indiana, like private grade school. Notre Dame's is private, like bigger. Like yeah. I don't know. It feels like you have to almost put the pieces together, but they should just be like, hey, this is Indiana this basketball is... battling it out. Right, right. And, and they don't the, do There's that. no even the teams that win don't have like the we're the best team in Indiana now. Because I guess there's two winners. I don't know. And by the way, Ball State's beating everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Fort Wayne. Yeah, Fort Wayne plays uh, plays Indiana tonight. Hopefully, mm. um, yeah, I'm saying semi nice things about Indiana. Hopefully, <laughs> these aren't proven. Fall, yeah. like, hold yeah. your breath, folks. Yeah, hold my breath. <laughs> by the time we publish the pod, Fort Wayne's going to be up 20 on on IU. Uh, so yeah, Mike Bray's my my good guy of the week. Mm. Uh, I I Notre Dame. I, I really don't think that Notre Dame is. I'm not panicking about Notre Dame. I would say Notre Dame is who we thought they were. Uh, they we didn't expect them to be that great this year. They win Maui. They get pushed to the moon. And and you and I said it when it happened. Like this team is not the fifth best team in the country. This is ridiculous. This is the Maui bump. Um, but it's actually just cool for Farrell, Colson, and Fluger yeah. to like. 10 years from now when their kids or whatever yeah. ask them, they're like, we were ranked number five in the nation. We won the Maui Invitational. That's the stories that they have. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm not – it's not like what's wrong to, – to me, there's nothing wrong with Notre Dame. This is – they're just they, – they have obvious flaws. They've had obvious flaws all year. They just, you know, they got the Maui bump, got a little overrated, and now they're going to be back. This is this is where they belong. They belong as, like, the 18th best team in the country. So and they upset, like, now, the number three team. Yeah, they'll, they'll chip their way back up. They'll, they'll fluctuate. They'll do the old Cincinnati Xavier thing where they're – Late teens, early twenties type situation. Um, so yeah, that's it. How about your bad guy? Bad guy of the week, and this is a, a little off center for what we usually do with these bad guys. Usually, it's guys like that are dropping the bags in the college basketball ranks. Uh, you know, a Bryce Drew, a Scott Drew, any Drew really. Uh, but this is going to be a George, and that George is George Clooney. Oh, I saw this. I saw the story. <laughs> I don't know if this everyone everyone has seen what's going on with George Clooney, but a, a story comes out. Uh, Randy Gerber. Uh, who is Mr. Cindy Crawford, uh, for people that don't know this, married to Cindy Crawford. He He's talking about George Clooney and how he handles his affairs. They're uh-huh. at a party in 2013, right? 14 of George Clooney's closest friends. So they go over to George Clooney's house, and they have these these suitcases, the, these luggage bags that are all in chairs, and he basically gives this whole spiel about how much he loves them, how much they've all been through together, blah, blah, blah. And you're thinking to yourself, well, that sounds really sweet. There's probably like wine or cheese or some sort of gift in there, Nespresso, whatever, you know, whatever Clooney has, that tequila company that he sold for a billion (laughs) dollars. Well, instead, it's a million dollars in each bag. Wait, what? Wait, what? In cash? In in cash, in 20s. And and folks, you're thinking to yourself, oh, I mean, it's got to be in hundreds. There's no way you can just stuff a bag through, you know, of a million dollars for four. That's $14 million. How does that happen? No. George Clooney, bad guy of the week, $14 million in 20s. Take it all. And he says, this is for you guys. This is just gratitude. So... One, I have I have a lot of things I want to bring up. Number one, so one of the guys that got a million dollars in cash is married to Cindy Crawford. And he's a part of the Gerber family. Unbelievable. So I don't think he needs that million. The Gerber, like the baby food? Yeah. Like, like the baby what? everything. They're basically the baby. What? Yes. He might have even been the this baby. I don't even know. So he got a million dollars. He just probably wiped his ass with it and was like, I don't need, I don't need this. And this is what but George Clooney, this is the quote that Clooney said. He said, you don't have to worry about your kids. You don't have to worry about school. You don't have to worry about paying your mortgage. If I'm Gerber... I'm like, I, was, I, never, I wasn't worried about any of that. Like, right. Now I'm just weirded out because now i got to get you a gift that's better than a duffel bag of a this million dollars. This is literally, but yeah, this. I mean, this is a great pick for bag guy, even though it's not college basketball and we try to stick to college basketball. I mean, this is this is literally the bag situation. He's filling a bag full of cash and dropping it for a If I'm UCLA, I'm calling George Clooney right now and saying, hey. Yeah, we need you. We need you. My my second thought is the twenties make it look thicker. I think that's the thought behind it. You get a hundred, you get smaller stacks. You get twenties, you get bigger stacks. But where? But it's a million dollars. You don't. There's no need. So he pulls out fourteen million dollars of twenties. Yes. 
how many 20s is that? That's 14 times 5, carry the 20, and then like 70 million? 70 million? 70, 70, I don't know. A lot. <laughs> I am not good at math, so I, I'm going to sit there and let you have that one. How, how many? So he, he goes he goes to a bank and says, I need this. How, how do you even do that? Like, if, if Tate, if you right now wanted yes. to pull out a million dollars in 20s, how do you go about it? Uh, you go call to, Bill Simmons, <laughs> go to the bank. To figure out what. So, it, yeah. like, how does it? I mean, it, how do you? How do you even get that much money? How are you? It would have to. I would have to be in a hostage situation at that point to get it out. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know how that works. I'm not saying Colonia doesn't have access to that money. Like, obviously, the, the man is wealthy. I'm saying, like, I mean, look at that you, Nespresso commercial. How are you do you freaking? Me? And it, it reminds me of. I'm not going to name names. Um, in my younger years, I went to a certain adult establishment with a certain uh, friend of mine. We'll we'll call him, and uh, it was late at night. We had had a few drinks. We had a cab drop us off by an mm. ATM. Mm. And a certain friend of mine who makes decent money uh, went to the ATM, and and he, he he punches in his stuff, and then he turns to me, and he's like, or there's there, there like another ATM. Or, somehow, some situation, he turns to, like, to, to whoever's behind him. We were with a few friends, and he says, don't even bother. I'm going to take out every dollar that they have in this thing. And I started laughing, and then I watched him take out every single dollar out of that ATM until the ATM was like, we're out of money, I'm sorry. And he has this huge <laughs> stack of bills. And then we uh, we went to a certain um, establishment and uh, mm. tipped well at the establishment, as we will say. Um, yeah. You must have had some great coffee. This was night. this was years ago, statute of limitations for those who want to uh, – <laughs> Want to cast aspersions, but uh, yeah, that's what that's what, this is what this story reminds me of. Is like I've I don't know. I was thinking like I've seen what it looks like to to, to tap a bank dry, and um, it was not fourteen million dollars in twenties. Well, like, how do you even get? That think about money? George Clooney coming in with his gray hair, fourteen luggage bags, and saying to you at, as a as a bank teller, uh, I'm gonna need fourteen million dollars. Awesome. I mean, there's no way that the bank it. has that together. So. I'm gonna Good go. You, I'm gonna go off the radar with my bad guy of mm-hmm. the week as well. Um, and this is a little less relatable to the people listening because <laughs> I think the people listening kind of knew your story. Kind of like they probably saw that out there in the in the ether on the internet. I saw it, I saw it before you brought it up. People do not know about this UCLA woman at the at the game um, that I sat in front of. And her and nickname is UCLA Lady. UCLA Lady. Yes. Yes. My bag. My bag man. Bad guy. Bag lady of the week is a woman. So Tate and I went to the UCLA game. We got press passes, so we didn't actually have seats. Yeah, not to brag. We didn't actually have seats. We did the classic veteran press move where you're like when you're when you're really one of the guys like you're you're not actually covering the game. You did like Whitlock and uh, Coward did this as well. Mm-hmm. So you see, this is like a savvy move. <laughs> yeah, you just pop in, the, take the, a seat. What the nerds do is they go sit in press row, but the the real like one of the guys, you go pick, pick a seat. So Tate and I find some seats that are empty. We go sit down. A lady sitting behind us taps me on the shoulder and goes, "You have to get out of those." And I was like, "What? I'm sorry." There's like by the mind you, there's like a whole row. The whole uh, row is empty. Whole folks. row is empty. Yes, because it's you know we were just like, yeah, it's UCLA. The fans don't care. There, it's, <laughs> it's a half full arena. Who cares? And we had walked up from the court. You know, so at least yeah. like, it's not yeah. like we just like walked down and we're just randos. We had We'd been walked watching, up from the court. We had been watching most of the game or however much st- sitting, just basically standing by the court. And then we're like, yeah, let's go sit down. So we go sit down. This lady's like, you have to get out of there. Um, those are my seats. And I'm like, what? As if you were scum that just wandered into yes. the arena somehow. Yes. And I said, I'm sorry, what? And she goes, yeah, I bought those seats. You can't sit there. If you sit there, I can't see the floor. So I move like one, literally one seat over. And this is stadium seating, folks. 
Yeah. It's, there's an incline. She can still see. I move one seat over, and then I start just kind of dissecting what happened, and it and it hit me that this woman has bought season tickets to UCLA basketball mm-hmm. and bought her row, the seats that she, and she was with like four or five people. She bought those seats, then she bought the row ahead of her as well so that she could then leave the row ahead of her empty and she could see the game because she's like kind of a smaller woman. That is a bad guy. That is that is a woman that is dropping the bag for uh, Steve Offer out there. I mean, you have to be absolutely loaded to buy, to buy basically a burner seat. You're like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> it wasn't even just one seat; it was a whole goddamn row. She's like, I'm buying the whole row. <laughs> that is like we didn't even ask her name. Bad guy move. It'd be great if she was like, yeah, no. I am Denise Gilbert. Yeah, You're we, like, whoa, wait a second. We need to have her on the pod. Yes, I want to interview UCLA that woman. lady. So I, I again, not a super relatable story for those who weren't there, but I've, I've never, never seen anything like it. Anything like that in my life. It was I, I respected the hell out of the move. Just, and meanwhile, they're sitting behind us, and they're so negative about UCL the mm-hmm. team. It's you know they're the classic like I don't even want to get my hopes up. This team is so bad. Blah blah blah. They cut it to ten. Finally, they finally like, give like a little bit of sign that they're back in it. No, the guy, one of the guys behind <laughs> us said I'll, I'll, verbatim, he's like, "I'll start caring if we cut it to 10. <laughs> and then as soon as they cut it to ten, he starts clapping again. <laughs> And then I think UCLA were, came down and hit a three, and it was back to. Well, they over. were—I don't know—they were—they were—they uh, were into it more than some of the other fans. But yeah, that that move is like an all-time booster, uh, just bad guy move. I—I was—I was—I was loving it. Like I was kind of pissed because she was sort of an asshole to me. Like didn't ask me nicely. It was like get the hell out of my seat. It was a hard tap too. Yeah, but like, at the like same the time, teacher tap. As a man who's seen a bad guy or two in my mm-hmm. day, I respected the hell out of the move. So that—that's my pick. Um, you see a lady. Good for yeah. her. Yeah, we have we have we have some honorable mention bad guys by the yes. way. And we were we were putting our list together, and we realized that the our list we 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 didn't mean to do this, but mm-hmm. we were just throwing out names of like who the best bad guys are from this past week, and all three of them are Millers, and we decided that this would be a great opportunity to do a it's Miller Mi- time segment. It's Miller time, and so that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do a Miller time segment, and this Miller time segment. Is brought to you by Arizona Iced Tea, Tate. Wow. Tea that comes in a can. Mm. Since 1992, Arizona Iced Tea has been brewed here at home in the heart of Arizona, New York City. Whether your drink of choice is the Mucho Mango Madness, the Arnold Palmer Light, or that one flavor your uncle always buys so you can use the can as a spit cup, there's peace of mind in knowing that 23 ounces of Arizona will always be just 99 cents. And now for the holiday season, Arizona Iced Tea is introducing Peppermint Duffel, a brand new flavor exclusively for One Shining Podcast listeners. Just go to ArizonaIceTea.com and enter promo code, promo code. That's promo code.com with promo code, promo code. Arizona Iced Tea. It's Miller time. It's Miller time. That's right. It is Miller time, Tate. So let's talk about the other candidates we had this week for bad guy. Um, which Miller do you want to start with? First up, let's start with Wes Miller. Ooh, okay. And people were not. This. People were shocked to hear this. They're thinking to themselves, Wes Miller, wasn't that the white guy that shot threes How in Carolina in 2006? How is he related to Sean and Archie? And is he Calipari's cousin too? No, folks. No. He's not. The answer is no. No, no. But he did get an ACC win this weekend against NC State Saturday night. Uh, Wes Miller, and the, the, basically the main thing, the reason he's a bad guy is because of his dance moves. That's yeah. all that matters. They win this game. UNCG beats the ACC opponent for like the first time in 71 games that they've played the ACC. Let me stop you there. Do we yes. still love Kevin Keats? Yes. I, we still love, okay. we still love Kevin Keats. Nothing has changed. I, I will say this. Kevin Keats, and I, I don't know if you're listening, but if you are, Sidney Lowe made the red jacket. Not good. 
You don't need oh, the red he, jacket. He's staying the red jacket. He is now back on the like Gottfried wore the red jacket, and we're all kind of like, that's weird, that's strange, that's Cindy yeah. Lowe's thing. You don't need the red jacket to coach NC State. Mm. I know they're going to pressure you into it. You don't need it, Kevin Keats. You're, You're a classy man. You don't need the red jacket. What I would do is the white. I would do the patina thing. I would, oh, I would. I would wear white if the I was all with cream red, suit with red with accents. a red tie, a power yeah. tie. Yeah, yeah, slick your hair back. Yeah, come that's on. What I would do. Kevin that's Keats, that's easy, and he's a you know else, man. Here's how else I fix NC State. Have they leaned into the? Uh, I know they have it on their 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 court. The the wolf pack with the, like the sailor hat. Mm-hmm. I, I brought this up to you the other day. I I am such a sucker for the uh, all the college logos. There's like an era. I forget what era this was. Like 60s, 70s, whatever. 70s probably. S- where every single college had like their mascot wearing like a sailor hat, as that, if they all went like on then, some sort of sabbatical. Overseas. Carolina has the one where the, yeah. they got the the, the ram with the, ram the little sailor yeah. hat. Uh, BYU has one. I know NC State. I love that logo. Have they made that like their logo? Because I still see like the big S with like the N and the C kind of. Well, that's, I that's mean, terrible. They're, they're, they need to lean into the uh, the Wolfpack logo. They're, they're at right. an identity crisis at all times at NC State. <laughs> Let's be honest. Uh, they're still trying to figure it out. Uh, and Pack Pride this weekend, if you went, boy, was it a fun ride. You should check it out. <laughs> Wes Miller, though, he gets uh, the honorable mention for Bad Guy of the Week. He comes in the locker room after they win, does his whole dance. You go check it out. It's on UNCG's, uh, UNC Greensboro's Twitter feed. And he basically just, he stole it from Roy Williams. Roy Williams is the, the king of running yeah. the locker room and, like, leaning down, doing the yah, and then they start dancing, yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Wes Miller has yeah, pulled so that it's same always, move. Yeah, it's always interesting how Roy Williams, like, has vertigo, and he's always lightheaded. <laughs> but then anytime <laughs> he gets a big win, like jumping up and down. he's doing a mosh pit. Huh, interesting. <laughs> That's weird. But when they're losing, he's like collapses on the sideline. Yeah. He's, like, he's grabbing oh. his left knee. It's a, it's tough. It's tough out there. Interesting. Uh, uh, but next then Miller. We have the brothers Miller. Yes. I mean, Archie uh, beat Notre Dame. It was a program win, as we say. <laughs> as that's the that's become one of my favorite things. I saw this when Rutgers. Uh, I think Jeff Goodman brought this back into my life. Uh, I saw Rutgers beat Seton Hall. And Jeff Goodman called it a program win, mm-hmm. and uh, I started scratching my head. I was like, "What the hell is a program win?" And then you realize, and you see like other people talk about it, and it's basically it's like a win to point to to be like, "Look, we did something relevant." Yeah, it's like we're we're back. It's the uh, <laughs> it's the we're back win. Is pretty much what the program win is. Um, so I think this was Archie's program win, which like sad state of affairs of beating Notre Dame in a game that you're getting. Blown if you out told someone game, in 1986 that beating Notre Dame would be a program win yeah. for Indiana basketball, they would have asked you what Kelvin Sampson did. <laughs> <laughs> The it it's it 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 takes me back to when uh the Watford shot happened when IU beat Kentucky oh, yeah, in twenty twelve yeah. the war back thing. Oh. Like I remember my dad who our dads are kind of similar mm-hmm. as we've we've talked about um where they're old school and they hate everything. Yeah. I remember my dad they antagonize themselves. My yes. dad, like we beat Kentucky uh we I say we Indiana beat Kentucky and um the 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 whole university just has this like we're back thing because they were they'd come back from the depths of the uh, Kelvin Sampson thing Korean like, with the fist fu- pump and they're putting out shirts that said we're back and my dad's like we're not back till we win another banner this doesn't mean shit November <laughs> you it's yeah, about banners banners banners, banners <laughs> god damn it we're ain't back yet and like he, he always said you get all grumpy about that that's what this reminds me of is yeah. like it's not, the regular season folks yeah. but this could be this is the program win for Archie so. Uh, Archie, uh, yeah, they got blown out by Indiana State. Started out a little dicey, but Indiana is slowly figuring it out. Jawan Morgan's really good. You know who Indiana could use? James Blackman. He'd be a senior right now, Tate. That one hurts. He's, he's, he's on the Sixers, right? Uh, I don't know if you want to call him the the 87ers, I <laughs> yeah, think. Is the Delaware 87ers, <laughs> yeah. Something like uh, that. And then Archie's brother, Sean. Arizona, figuring yes. it out. 
They are figuring it out. They've won five straight since losing, going 0-3. They've beaten Texas A&M, Alabama, and UNLV, a team that we have not talked about. But if you've ever heard someone at a UNLV chant, Rebels, uh-huh. Rebels, it'll haunt you for the rest of your life. I've been there. <laughs> it was terrible. They beat Carolina when I was there. Uh, they, those are two. Those are three big I, wins. I think I've, I'm going to keep saying this because it's going to keep being true. Arizona is is not a team to be taken lightly. They're, oh, they're, they're 19 they're very, now. Very they're, good. They're, they're moving yeah. back up. Yeah. They are very, very good. Um, and I, I hate to break it to all the people that were very excited to see Arizona go away. They're not going away. They're no. going to be good. They're probably going to win the Pac-12. The game against Arizona State coming up, December 30th. I don't know if that's their first Pac-12 game. If yes. That's what the, is it the opener? Yeah, I think it's the opener. Zach Schwartz, one of our social media guys, said uh, um, here at the Ringer, he's an Arizona State guy, and he's telling me like they haven't won in in Tucson. The the Sun Devils haven't won in Tucson in like sixty. That's that's all, that's like everything with Arizona State. He said they haven't won since like the eighties or something in two, or nineties in Tucson. Um, well, they'll they'll be waiting another year. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's what happens when like that's 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 part of the fun thing about Arizona State is. Uh, all these, everything's like, historic now. Everything's historic. Yeah. It's the new Northwestern. Well, it's like it's like South Carolina too. Last year, it was like everything that they did last year in the tournament. It was like this hasn't happened since, since 1948. Yep. It's like, well, maybe we should just be like, this so, is the first time it's happened. Arizona, Arizona State's gonna be a big game. Uh, I'm I'm excited for as someone who believes and I, I again I don't hate Arizona State. I think they're good. I just like yeah. A lot of people think that we don't like Arizona State. We, and we like it. I want I, them to do well. First you have all, nothing against Bobby Hurley. Bobby no. Hurley, because let, let's let's be clear. Bobby Hurley is not, a Duke defector. Yes, at he's heart. a defector. He's, he's for his dad. He's his dad's disciple. He yes. is not a Coach K disciple. Yes. So Tate, you you understand all that, this. all that being said, the reason that I like Arizona State and I think we both like Arizona State is because they basically just shoot threes and make layups. It's yeah. like Houston Rockets basketball. They just play the percentages, and that's fun to watch. It's fun. I've, I've always said guards. It. very I mean, fun to watch. The, the issue is not whether it's fun to watch. The issue is whether they it's have sustainable. No big men yeah. And they're going to play DeAndre Ayton, who's possibly the number one pick. That's the concern. So I mean, like if Arizona State wins, I'll be. I'll, I'm not going to. It's not going to hurt my feelings. I don't care. You but, think Herm? You think Herm Edwards is going to be happy? But yes. I, I get the feeling that that's going to be like a big game in Arizona, and then that's going to be the moment where everyone's like, "Oh shit, Arizona's back." Whoops. Um, but so we're we'll, telling we'll you now they're back. Uh, let's talk about your team. Yeah. Uh, you don't like talking about your team, as we know on the pod. <laughs> Uh, but I so I want to introduce this. I I I wanted to be the guy that says let's talk about North Carolina so that way you don't get any shit for this because mm-hmm. uh, we watched the North Carolina Tennessee game together. As yes. I said, I I bit my lip. Um, so thoughts and prayers to me for that. But uh, <laughs> we were I was at your place watching the game. You're getting into it. Uh, the vibe I got from you was that you felt like Carolina did not play well at all. No. Um and and stole the win at the end and that's kind of how I felt. So. Well, that's exactly what happened. I mean, they yeah. were down the entire game. I think it was it came out at the end. They were down 37-15 of the entire game to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Rick Barnes and Roy Williams had this weird rapport where Rick Barnes somehow usually outcoaches Roy Williams whenever they play each other. It's like this weird thing that, you know, because Rick Barnes is from North Carolina, Roy's from North Carolina, whatever What's it is. What's the story with, tell, tell the people the story of uh, with Dean Smith, by the way. Oh, yeah. So every single time that they do any sort of Rick Barnes versus North Carolina, they're going to tell a story of, in 1990, I think it's believed it's 97 or 98. Rick Barnes in the ACC tournament at Clemson. He basically gets up in in, in Dean Smith's face. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the nicest man? It had to be 97. Good guy. So it's in 97. So he gets up in his face and is basically like trying to sun him and be like, "What? This is Clemson basketball." He's basically trying to make a statement for like Clemson's here trying to get his the progr- big boys. The yeah. program win. So I'm trying to get a program win. And uh, Dean was not about that at all. Uh, a lot of people have speculated that Rick Barnes, his greatest goal and dream was to coach North Carolina because he was from North Carolina. Mm like most people from North Carolina. Um, 
So it was this whole thing. So they always bring up that story. All that is to be said. Roy Williams actually outcoached Rick Barnes for the first time in this game, and he did one thing. The end of the game, it's 70-69. Tennessee has the lead. Mm-hmm. North Carolina has the ball. They run this little, like, head screen at the top. Kenny Williams gets the ball. He shoots a three, 72-70. Kenny Williams not getting enough credit for how great he's been this season for Carolina. He's been good. It was an unbelievable shot. So they take the lead. They do the replay review. And before all that happened, Roy Williams decides to press, which he never does for whatever reason in the regular season. But he presses traps. Tennessee turns the ball over. They get the ball back. Kenny Williams hits the three. So Roy Williams did one thing to actually outcoach Rick Barnes. He gets the win. To Tennessee fans, you know, they've been going at Carolina the whole night. And and, and they just completely. I don't understand it because I I saw this from North Carolina Twitter. uh, Yeah. If, if such a thing exists as North Carolina basketball Twitter. Oh, but, it exists. Um, I saw like people sort of, I don't know if complaining is the word, but just mentioning how Tennessee fans were, were heckling the players. And, and I I mean, is, is North Carolina soft date? Is that what I'm learning? Like you're, no. you're complaining about fans heckling the defending national champ. Like, I don't know. Of course, like, you think that's news? You think T- this doesn't happen Tennessee everywhere? Tennessee has that- a very sh- weird relationship with, with the state of North Carolina. So, like, I went to the Music City Bowl in Nashville in 2010 uh, when North Carolina played Tennessee. They went to overtime. I had people throwing beer bottles from above me, Tennessee fans, yeah. me and my brother. And we leave the game. We're getting threatened and all this stuff. And this guy comes up to me and goes, hey, you want to know something? We'd w- North Carolina won the game. So I'm excited. My brother's excited. We're walking out. He said, you want to know something? I'd take one Tennessean over 10 North Carolinians as if that was supposed to upset me or make me alarmed Mm. I was like well I probably would too you guys like to volunteer volunteers are great in society he didn't get the reference I was like how do you not know your mascot or understand that so Tennessee has this weird hatred for North Carolina it definitely showed when you're there in Rocky Top uh, and it came out and I think they were saying some some harsh things to our team but props to Carolina great game for them so they were saying mean things that's well let's be honest Um, by mean we mean on the line. So what? So the, the takeaway is that I, a lot of people took away from this game. North Carolina didn't play well. They still gutted out a win. Tennessee yeah. is a good team. Yes. Uh, Tennessee lot, is really good. Tennessee might be like the the biggest surprise of the season, and I guess Arizona State would be the biggest surprise of the season so far. But Tennessee was supposed to be terrible, mm-hmm. kind of. And Rick not Barnes terrible. has done a great job. They're, yeah, he's he's a he's a potential bad guy of the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So Tennessee has a good team, uh, and and the, a lot of I saw a lot of people take away like this is a great win for Carolina because they played they kind of gutted it out and and stole the win. Um, do you feel that way? Do, is there like any positive for this? Because I my one my one takeaway is Carolina sort of has a Theo Pinson problem. Um, he reminds me I, I I said this to you. He reminds me of like J T Barrett at Ohio State where I love this again, cross sport. I know cross sport, yeah. but I, th- these are like the vibes I got because. Uh, the the thing with JT Barrett as an Ohio State quarterback is people are like he he can't throw the ball, he's a quarterback who can't throw this. How can he possibly play quarterback? And then you can't bench the guy. I mean, he's been there for four years. He's the he's the leader of the team. He has mm-hmm. all the intangibles. He does all the little things. All the little yeah, things. Yeah. He's the glue guy, the X factor, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and you can't really get you can't really get rid of him. But at the same time, it's like. God, he can't really throw. That's how I feel about Theo Pinson. Is like he can't really shoot. He can't. He can't shoot for shit. Yeah, and except free throws. So you're thinking like, just take him out, but you can't really take him out, and you're mm-hmm. kind of just stuck in this situation where he has to play like 30 minutes a game. And I don't know. Like th- this game, by the way, he kind of flirted with a triple double. He had like seven, nine, and eight, I think. Well, he's actually, but he's actually better when he's the point guard. 
right? So like he's better when they give him the ball to basically be like, yeah. you have to distribute to everyone else. I mean, even the Luke May shot against Kentucky, that play never happens without Theo Pinson. And let me tell you, as it was happening, I was like, no, 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 please God, yeah, please God yeah. pass it, please God pass it. I mean, he made that whole play happen. That's what he does. He distributes to North, everyone else. North, North Carolina is like one of the few places that Theo Pinson could have had a great career. Like just the style of play. Michigan yeah. State's another. You always bring yeah, it up. it's all up and down. It's basically, if, yeah, play, if it's a fast break offense, yes. Yeah, uh, but he, he, he has a stretch as well. He looks good, and then he looks very, very bad. And then he does. He'll he can dunk on people. He can like penetrate, but he he can't. He when he gets wide open, like Roy needs to tell him you can't shoot threes, just no matter what. Because when he gets wide open, he's like, oh, I'm open. I should shoot this, but you're open for a reason. And I and think the reason is you can't shoot. For yeah, shit. In his head, he's thinking to himself, like, I have to keep the defense honest and I have to yeah. take the shot. But he also takes advantage of that because, you know, like, it's like, whoa, they swung it to me. And it's like, no, well, you could have swung it to Kenny. You know, you could have kept just swinging around the perimeter. And, and he, maybe someone else. And he open. doesn't just miss bad. He oh. misses like some of the I mean, it's just like slap the backboard. Misses. Yeah. It's like where well, you're yeah. just shocked that it hit the side of the backboard. So Carolina's ranked what now? Fifth? Five. Yeah. Fifth. Does that feel too high to you? Does no. that feel? You're not worried about I, the I pressure. Totally, You're not worried about entering no, no. ACC play. Is like, are they the? Oh, I could see them losing two or three ACC games early, but I will say that this team is the perfect North Carolina team to make the Final Four and to not win it. Like they're not yeah, a yeah. title. They're, they're well, a team that will get to the Final Four and I, maybe not win a title. I was doing the NIT thing with you at the start of the season. You loved um, it. it was, I was having fun with it because I, I wasn't sure if I really believed it, but I really did have concerns about Carolina's scoring, their shooting. Um, I looked at the roster. I said, Joel Berry can score. He mm -hmm. can shoot. Who else? What else do they have? You forgot about Kenny and Luke. Kenny stepped up. Well, because yeah. Kenny, well, he had like he was injured for most. He was of last injured year, last right? year, yeah. But but even then, like even when he wasn't injured, it wasn't like he was lighting up the. I mean, he had literally one game last year. where He had twenty points, and that was in December. It was like December fifteenth, and everyone was like, "Oh wait, this guy's kind of yeah. good." Yeah, yeah. Uh, Luke Luke May's been playing well. Um, but even then, Luke in that game got exposed when he plays against athletic bigs. He looks terrible. Yeah. He turned it around in the second half. Sterling Manley's really the guy. Sterling Manley is a different. I mean, maker. that guy's an NBA player, and he can't play until he passes a conditioning test. And I'll put it back out there: I want to race him. I want to beat him in the test. Someone mm -hmm. make that happen. Sterling Manley is the X factor of the team, and. Theo Penson's the glue guy, and Theo thinks he's the glue guy, or thinks he's the X Factor. I'm sorry, I get confused. <laughs> Theo Penson thinks he's the star. That's true. <laughs> he doesn't think he's the X Factor. He's like, I'm the guy. I am the star. Um, speaking of stars, how about Trey Young, the national player of the year? Game? He's the national player of the year. Yes, I will not tolerate. I, so to me, it's Trey Young is very clearly number one. Marvin Bagley is very clearly number two. Eh. And then everyone else, I don't even care. It, it doesn't even matter what order you put him in. But it, it really, it, Trey Young. So Oklahoma goes to Wichita, mm -hmm. beats Wichita State by eight, I think. Mm -hmm. Beat him by eight. They hang ninety-one points on um, on Wichita State's play angry whole thing in front of the eighty-year-olds in Wichita. They they go to those games. Uh, Trey Young's incredible. I, I don't even know what else to say. He he is. Must watch TV. I was I I was watching the game, kind of screwing around on my phone because I'm an idiot and I have terrible attention span because that's how I we was all raised. Do. Yeah, I was raised with with two screens in front of my face at all times, so I'm kind of like browsing Twitter as I'm watching the game, and then I I catch myself thinking like I can't do that. I got to put my phone down and I have to watch Trey Young because like I missed I missed one of his insane threes. I had to rewind it. Um, over Shaq. And that, yeah, 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 the one over Shaq. That was unbelievable. And I hear, the, I hear Tom Crean was announced, by the way. Love Tom Crean. Um, he takes threes that, like, when it hits the net, it's like, 
You know, it's right. like perfect. There's no, there's no run. It doesn't even touch the rim. That has become my test for how how good I think a player is. Is when I catch myself like I got to put my phone. I got to I got to watch every second of this game because I have no idea when something good is going to happen. When something just completely wild is it the happen. Steph Curry syndrome? Is that the is that why he's getting kind compared of, to yeah. Steph? Well, yeah. I mean, honestly, that's part of what it is. Like he he's a good shooter, and every good shooter gets compared to Steph Curry now. That's how it works, which is disgusting. Um, but Trey Young actually, Mark Price. he reminds me of Mark Price. <laughs> Too soon, dude. He just got—he was just a good guy. Yeah, he, Mark Price was the honorable he mention got, good guy of the uh, week. We should say. Um, yeah, but 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 Trey Young actually has the Steph Curry thing because he's a he, he's a little undersized, but not really. Like he's he's actually what like six two. Six yeah, two? and his arms are but everyone very pretends long. like he's five yeah. nine. Um, he he shoots just incredible. Why would you ever take that yeah, shot? Bombs like Buddy Hill bombs. It looks so easy and effortless for him. Um. And it's and and people make the mistake of thinking he's just a shooter. That was like the thing with Steph is that you've never really seen anybody like him before, and you're like, oh well, his shtick is just or I shtick his game is just bombing threes. And you thought he was like a Jimmer Fredette type. I mean, I know he came before Jimmer, but you thought that was like kind of his game. He's like he's just gonna sit out there in forty feet and throw up threes. You forgot like he has a handle. He has like oh. vision. Meanwhile, he's he going. Can, he's doing like up and under switching yes. hands like layups. Yeah, yeah, you forget that like. What makes Steph Curry so good is that part of the game on top of the shooting and um, the vision, and, and all the that same other is stuff. true of yeah. Trey Young. Like he's got he's 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 what like first or second in the country in assists. He's second in the country, eight point nine assists per game. Yeah, he's averaging twenty eight point eight points per game. The next closest guy is Matt Scott for uh, Niagara, aver- averaging twenty four point nine points per game. So his average is four points more than the next person in the entire country. That's insane. It's very good. <laughs> And it's it's like effortless too. It's it's yeah. It doesn't feel like he's like taking over. Like it not about like taking over. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like it's his game, right? Like it feels like not, it's, it's in the flow of the game that it's. You don't happening. get the moment like oh shit, this guy's in the zone. Yeah, because he's always in the zone. That's just what he does. He, he's he's it's incredible. He, he is must watch TV. If if you're listening to our pod and you're you're not really into college basketball and you're just kind of you think Tate and I are just like just two awesome guys that you love hearing <laughs> talk about stuff. Um, and that's why you tune in every week. Then I say, thank show. you, Mom. Yeah, thank you, Mom. Here's my advice to you. Get an alert on your phone to say when Oklahoma's going to play. So it, like, it, it buzzes you 10 hours before tip-off. And, so, and, and watch every Oklahoma game. I would, I would say that is like priority one if you're not really into college basketball but you want to sort of watch college basketball. Trey Young is the most must-see TV player in this country. Um, and I, I probably won't miss another Oklahoma and, game. And guess year. what? He's going to be the point guard of the Los Angeles Clippers. Hmm, interesting. Putting it out there. I see Blake Griffin liking all of his stuff every time. I'm just like, this guy's going to end he, up on the Clippers. By the way, he hit. Uh, he. Do you know what a sham god move is? Yeah. Do you know? Of sh- okay. I'll just, I'll, this is a test. Shout out to Sham God, he, who coaches on the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah. He's working with my boy Dennis okay. Smith Jr. every single day. Shout out Sham God. So Trey Young hit uh, Sham it with the Sham God, of which, is, which sounds pretty cool. Hit him with the Sham. He hit a full speed Sham God after uh, McNeese, the big dude on Oklahoma. I want to give him a shout out as well. Yeah. He had a. I don't know if you saw this. He had a block during the game where he jumped up and just caught it like it was a rebound. I love like those. A guy those, shoot, are be- those are the best. Dude tries to shoot it instead of. Like hitting it into the fifth row, he's that's just what like, the no, old grab it. That's what the old school coaches would say, like when you'd swat a block, they're like yeah. just catch the ball. So McNeese, I think, pins to somebody on the glass, throws it to Trey Young, and in transition hits Shamit with the with the Sham God, and uh, he I think he missed the runner, but like it was it was pretty nasty. And so all of you listening, if you don't know what a Sham God is, the reason the reason I bring it up, Sham God is like become the the. Um, it's sort of I don't even know what the analogy is, but like if if you mention if you can identify a sham god, like that that gets you in in basketball circles. Oh. You're a basketball guy now. You can know like jack shit about basketball. 
you could go to any any park in the country in any city and then if you can identify the sham god and see it happen just you know cover your mouth start start pumping your fist and like oh like you just fall down and then and then you're like you hit him with the sham god and everyone's like damn that dude knows basketball and but you, you can, know what's funny though because that's like, my little secret well chris paul used to do the sham god all the time when he was on new orleans like in the pelicans like 2006 yeah. and stuff he would do it all the time and no one would say anything right but like somehow it's like come back it's to become, being cool again because like, it's like oh a, the right. sham god it's like uh, chris paul's been doing it for eight years like, i'm trying to think of what an analogy would be where where you could fake it's that's my secret to like faking a conversation with someone. If you catch yourself at like a cocktail party, people are talking basketball, and then I don't know. Just, if, if you can if bring you can up find anyone a way to, from the and one mixtape mix yeah. tour, if you're like, man, hot sauce handles, and people are like, oh, hot sauce. Say say, uh, oh, here's here's the thing. Call Trey Young like Steph Curry with the sham god. Ooh. If you say that, if you're like, if you're if you're at a party and people are like, oh man, I really like Marvin Bagley. I like uh, mm. Colin Sexton. I like, and you should be like, oh man, I like that Trey Young guy. And they're like, why do you like him? You're like, dude, he's like Steph Curry with the sham god, dude. And then every single person would be like, oh shit, yeah, this guy knows fall basketball. Out of their chair. This yeah. guy knows basketball. By the way, the sham god, we haven't even like explained it. It's like a, how would you even describe it's it? Like a backhanded yeah, crossover? It's basically acting like you're going to throw the ball up, up, but you're not. Like, it's yeah. like, yeah, it's. Just look it up. Just Google it. But yeah. I, I saw I saw him bust that out, and uh, it made me laugh because it's, it's the number one play to make someone fall down, like yeah. in front of you, basically. Yeah. And then you can point at them, and then you can drain a three in their face. Uh, the Randolph Childress. So Trey Young, twenty nine and ten against Wichita State. Uh, for for being out on Wichita State and being done with Wichita State, it sounds like you know a lot about what happened in this game, Tate. Were you watching the game? No, only Oklahoma. Oklahoma you was playing Oklahoma. a team. Yeah, they're playing a no-name team. <laughs> I had, have no idea. They're playing some mid-major team. You and had I producer added, Kyle yeah. scrub the footage, or like just <laughs> Photoshop the Wichita State players out of the game, and you just watched. No, Oklahoma play five. You know, like the NCAA basketball games, where they just had like the made up computer animated players that had no yeah. names. That's who I was watching. They he, he filled it in like uh, that. Tom Crean called the game. I think I mentioned this earlier. Yeah. Uh, loved to see him on TV. I was a very big Tom Crean critic uh, for for years when he was coaching IU. Mm. I'm excited. First of all, he's really good at TV, but he's not going to stick with TV. This man wants to get back into coaching, and I uh, I think he's going to end up at UConn. Tate. I'm just throwing that out there now. I just want to be on record right now. I'm going to say he's working for ESPN. He's he's. He's building his roots, digging his roots in in Connecticut right now via ESPN. Um, I think that's where he ends up. I think Ollie's gone after this year, and Tom Crean goes to goes to UConn. I Which, by the way, I, I think that'd be a great Kevin job. Kevin Ollie won a title. I think that would be a great job for Crean. By the way, I actually like the reason I always said I don't hate Crean because I think he's a terrible coach. I I was mad because I felt like Indiana should be just the premier cream of the crop because I'm a delusional Indiana fan, and Tom Crean is just you know. He's an A minus B plus. I want Billy Donovan to go to UConn. That's not happening. Get out of here. You hear that, Billy? Leave Oklahoma. Uh, how about some shout outs? Yeah. Um, I want to start yeah, with please. Kentucky. Yes. We have we have been hard on Kentucky. Hard on. We have have said that Kentucky is not good this year mm-hmm. because they really haven't. First of all, they haven't played a great schedule. Secondly, they've looked very sloppy. They're a, a young. There are these. It's a team full of these kids. Cal's trying to teach these kids. Cal has completely disappeared. No one's seen him. He's not popping up on podcasts. He's not popping up on ESPN doing hits after games anymore. He knows his team's not very good. We're going to know they're really bad if we see him on FS1. <laughs> <laughs> when Cal's on FS1. Yeah. That's just, but uh, they did beat Virginia Tech. Didn't play great defense, mm-hmm. but Virginia Tech has a great offense. Virginia Tech has the highest scoring offense in the country. Buzz Williams. Has a great haircut. We haven't mentioned that. So that's my shout-out, Buzz Williams' haircut. Absolutely shocking that he was shaving his head all these years, and he didn't need to to be. There's no Um, way that's true. 
But Kentucky, I got to give a shout out to them. This was a, a good opponent that they played. They they played pretty well. They had someone other than Kevin Knox played well. Diallo had a good game. Yep. Um. So. Uh, just yeah, I want to shout out Kentucky. I want to be fair and balanced journalism here. So uh, you 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 play well. I'll give you a shout out. And I'm going to shout out Quad A Green. He had sunglasses on. The first player oh, I've did. ever seen wear sunglasses in an he actual had, basketball they weren't, game. They weren't just sunglasses. They were like Rex Specs, right? Bret Hart. Yeah, <laughs> like, I've, I've never seen. They look like Oakley sponsored Kentucky. Yeah, we're not sure if Oakley dropped a bag, but they may have, uh, or some Maui Gin. So, someone dropped a bag for them with the sunglasses. Uh, Ooh, I should have started with this guy. Yeah, I just you, see you love notes. him. I know. It's on our list. Buzzcut Brad. Yes. Um, we didn't do a show on Friday. We were going on Friday we, as we were playing in the show. We ended up not doing a show for like scheduling. It was a whole thing. But uh, as we were playing it for the show on Friday, our number one topic that we were going to lead off the show with was Buzzcut Brad. Um, for those who don't know, there's a kid that plays for Wisconsin. We call him Buzzcut Brad. He's bringing the Buzzcut back to Madison. Uh, he he is. A parody. That's the only way I can describe him. Mm. He's Aaron Kraft, J.J. Watt, every Wisconsin player you've ever met in your life rolled into one. He rolls his he rolls his waistband over on his on his shorts, and against Western Kentucky, Wisconsin the game was tied right. Yes, with two seconds left, Wisconsin yes. has to go the length of the floor. Buzzcut Brad goes and sets a screen on the guy guarding the inbounder. Like it, it was a it was a uh, Christian Leitner versus Kentucky situation where Wisconsin has to throw it basically baseball pass it down to the other end. Uh, Rick Stansberry, big time bad guy, puts mm-hmm. the uh, uh, a defender on the guy t- uh, throwing the ball to bounds. So so Buzzcut Brad goes to set the screen and flops, gets a foul called, hits a free throw to win the game for Wisconsin, and it 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 sent Twitter into a frenzy. Um, it was the most perfect. The exact definition of Buzzcut Brad doing Buzzcut Brad things. If you want to use that phrase, we make I make fun of it a lot where people say blank was doing, doing blank things. Yes. This is the most appropriate time to ever use that. It checks phrase. out this it time. It checks out. Buzzcut Brad doing Buzzcut Brad things was this play. And we should give Will Wade a shout out because he's the man that invented this play. Uh VCU, yeah, yeah, VCU you. did this last year. Well, he year. didn't invent it, but he did he did do it last year. <laughs> yeah, he drew it up and uh it got him a job at LSU, so Congrats yeah. to Will Wade. Uh, another one, speaking of Wisconsin, Frank the Tank, number 44, getting his jersey retired. Is he really? Yeah, Madison, Wisconsin. So is, congratulations, Frank Kaminsky. I wonder who else has got their – I wonder, like, yeah, who, who it's else – It's got to be Michael uh, Finley, right? Yeah, I, we, we've, we've had this discussion before, yeah, haven't we? Who's the I best so. Wisconsin? It's definitely Michael, Michael Finley. Finley. Um, but Alondo Tucker was, like, first team He's all, up he there. Was, what, what did he wear, but he 42 wasn't very or good. Yeah, he was 42, but he wasn't good. This is, like, the hill <laughs> I'm willing to die on is – I got so frustrated that Alondo Tucker was not that good. Um so East Tennessee State have gave Xavier a close game. Yep. Xavier had to come back. Twenty two points, right? So shout out yep. to Kenny Chesney's East Tennessee State for almost having a program win. Mm-hmm. That was that was big for them. Uh, good for Blewett to bring them back. Nebraska also almost got a program win against Kansas. Are are we done with Kansas? Boy. Kansas, Kansas if Kansas wins the Big Twelve this year. Then the Big Twelve, you're done. Like we're not talking are you about done with you the next. Big Twelve. Yeah, I'm not talking about them next year. They're gonna be the Wichita State of this this podcast. If they if they let Kansas win it this year. With Trey Young and that, I mean, there's a bunch of teams in the Big Twelve that should win. Yeah, West Virginia is very yeah. good, by the way. Carter, I have them. I, mean, I want to give West Virginia a shout out. Uh, I kind of, I, I think a lot of people, myself included, sort of cast them aside after the the Texas, Texas. A&M and then we come to find out they're really good. They've, they haven't lost since. They've mm-hmm. been playing really well. Javon Carter's figure uh, has has got it got it back. Texas A&M also is kind of flying under the radar. They're, you know, Texas A&M's only loss was to Arizona in Arizona. Yeah. They're a very, very good team. The SEC is really good. They play great defense. Yeah. Um, but then Gonzaga had a very close call, needed overtime to beat North Dakota. 
um, I wanted to give North Dakota a shout out for an almost program win, which is not quite a program win, but it's almost. Almost Tate. <laughs> Good for Fargo. Good for the state. What else do we have? Uh, should we go to closeouts? You have no more shout outs? I got no more shout Well, my I, I got one shout out. I mean, it's what? basically, should we say it? What? We were honorable mention most improved. And we don't know. Oh, yeah, we can shout we, ourselves we, out. We, we're going to shout ourselves out because we don't even know what that means. Before, some SI column that they write about the media, we don't even know this thing existed. We, we Kevin Clark, a colleague of ours, walks in. He, he gives us a nice, like, Congratulations on being honorable mention most improved. We think he's screwing well, with us because who would ever say that to someone that's not backhanded or you're trying to make fun of him? But it, he was being genuine. It was very nice of him to say, we had no idea that this existed. We looked this up. We're honorable mention most improved on an SI media list. The Deitch. 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 Whatever. <laughs> we should say his name right so we'll stay on these lists. But thanks to whoever made that happen, we don't. I think it's a compliment. We're not sure. I, I think I'm honored. I don't know. I'm, I know so, I'm honorable mention, but I don't know. So if I'm people honored. are going to call you out for humble bragging, and uh, the the reason Tate wanted to put this on there because it was absolutely hysterical how Kevin Clark walked in. I, we we literally prepping, thought he was we were prepping with for us. the pod, and Kevin Clark's like, "Hey guys, congrats on the uh, <laughs> congrats on the honorable mention, most improved." We're like, what? That sounds like an award that we would make up to give to someone. That sounds honorable like a Buzzcut Brad award. We should do we should do that moving forward on the pod. Every like the honorable mention, <laughs> most improved player of the You're week. You're not quite most improved, <laughs> but at least your honorable mention. It checks out. Yeah, let's close out with. Um, so we had the Ringer holiday party. The, the world famous Ringer holiday party on Friday. Uh, for those who've been listening to the pod, you you will know of the ongoing dilemma that producer the Kyle faced. It's a saga. It was a saga. Yeah. Uh, was was producer Kyle going to bring one of his friends? Use his plus one? Was he not? We put a poll on Twitter. Everyone said classic. Just Kyle. do it. And then in classic Kyle fashion, after we have all of our listeners vote on whether Kyle should use the plus one to bring a friend or they not, they say yes. They all say yes. They all say it's okay. It's not a big deal. Kyle's like, nah, I'm just gonna dist- I'm just gonna spit in the face of all the listeners and not not a, I'm not gonna bring the plus one. That's what he says. And so he, he and and I can can uh, I can confirm that Kyle showed up alone to the uh, the holiday party, um, and. I don't think it would have been that big of a deal. Not that, at that's all. the vibe I got. And not only that, we found out that other p- people that were invited to the party brought plus ones that were just friends. Did they really? Yes. Not did, spouses. Did we, did we execute them? <laughs> no. Did we throw them in prison? I mean, not yet. No, we didn't. Not yet. No, we didn't. You know what happened? They probably had a good time, and that was that. My they, favorite my favorite Kyle moment from the night, I go, I go up to Kyle. The first person I see at the party is Kyle and the degenerate trifecta uh, from Against All Odds. I walk in. Kyle is having a great time. He, he looks lit. I go, Kyle... What drink is that? What number drink is that? And he goes, number two. And he winks at me and he goes, here. <laughs> and I was like, classic Kyle. Classic Kyle. Yep. So those of you who are following along, we had a very anticlimactic into our story of, uh, I was hoping, like, this is, we got to teach Bruce Reese Kyle. Like, he, he he took away content from us. Yeah. I, I wanted him to bring the plus one. I was hoping for an awkward moment where the plus one is a little bit of a loose cannon, mm-hmm. is, is kind People of abusing like, the open bar. Yeah. yeah. Kind of abusing like the open bar. Like a wedding crasher almost. And then we could kind of talk about it on the pod, and instead we're kind of boring people saying nothing happened. Uh, thanks, Kyle. Classic Kyle. Classic, Classic Kyle, Kyle move. Um, also... I, I regret to inform the listeners. We got Memphis. We got Memphis. We got Memphis. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Those yeah. of you who listened to the teed up, uh, rest in peace. RIP. Great show that we used to have. Uh, you might remember last year. <laughs> was not a golf podcast. When when North Carolina, Kentucky, UCLA, uh-huh. and, and Butler. Butler were all in the same. I was out here in March. Mm. They all got put in the same Sweet 16 bracket. North Carolina, Kentucky, and UCLA were like three of the top six teams probably of the season last year. And plus year. Butler, who's just like a and great Butler, program to have in Butler's there. always a good March yeah. Madness team. 
Tate and I said we were going to go to Memphis for the games. Tate and I did not go to Memphis <laughs> for the games. And, th- and thus, Memphis became a verb to us. And not only that, Luke May hit one of the biggest shots in yeah. North Carolina basketball history. And, and I was and not Tate there was not it. there to see it. His team goes on to win the national title. We I got was Memphis. there to see that, thank God. Uh, the road trip that we had brought up mm. where North Carolina was playing Ohio State in New Orleans, we got Memphis State. I don't know how else to say it. You know what it means, and uh, we won't I, I, be there. I regret I regret to inform the people that we got Memphis. Um, that's that's really all we can say. But we love the listeners, and we're going we to be out on the road. And don't worry, it's going to happen. And when it does happen, it's going to be glorious. It's, it's, it's and you be, guys are going to love it. We're going to love it. We're going to be at dirt bags. We're going to be whatever bag you need. We'll be there. We'll I have should, bags. I should clarify. I think I'm still doing the road trip because yes. I have to drive home. I'm going home for. I'm. I've been out in LA for two months. I'm ready to go back home for the holidays. I'm driving back to Ohio. And I figure, why not just take a detour through Arizona, go to New Orleans? Um, I think I still might do it alone, especially because I kind of have worked the Arizona fans into a frenzy that I'm going to dirtbags. Mm-hmm. Uh, they love it when you say dirtbags. I'm going <laughs> to say it again. I've been to dirtbags. Um, so dirt I think bags. I still might do it. But yeah, we we got Memphis, and that's the only that's the only way to. But but when it does happen, as you said, it's going to taste sweet, oh. almost, almost as sweet as a big tall can of, of Arizona, Arizona iced tea. tea. It's Miller time. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thank you, thank you for listening. Um, we we are sorry that that we we titillated you with the the idea of a New Orleans road trip, but um, we'll we'll be back. We'll we'll figure something out. Uh, we also got to figure out a, a schedule for for um, Christmas. We're not really sure. Just that's this is why you have Stay to subscribe. Tuned. Follow us on Twitter at Tate Frazier. At we Club have a, Trillion. But I promise you this, when I go back to Ohio, we are still going to be churning out pods. We're going to we're going to figure it out. I'm going to st- we're going to start doing interviews after Christmas. Um so please spread the word. We appreciate all of you guys who have been listening, especially the people that have been with us since uh since the teed up days. Um we know that this is not a huge time for college basketball right now. We know that there's juicy football stuff going on. Bowl season's coming around. NBA's been awesome. Um so for you guys to listen to us talk about college basketball, we understand that it's a sacrifice that some of you have to make that you don't really like the product, but you enjoy listening to us bullshit with each other. So uh, it really does mean a lot to us. Thank you for listening. Spread the word. Um, you know, shout us out on Twitter. You're at Tate Frazier. At Tate Frazier. I'm at Club Trillion. And we just did an AMA on Reddit. So you, if you yeah. didn't see that, go check it out. Go check uh, it out. We're, we're going to keep it rolling. A lot of we're ways still to get a hold of us. More. Yeah. We love all of you guys. And uh, that's it. So until next time, save the crew.